Welcome to Love Requited Etc., a podcast of love and life, stories about unconventional, untethered, and sometimes unreturned love. This podcast is for mature audiences only as it can sometimes be sexually explicit. I am Reverend Liliana Barzola, a spiritual and intuitive healer, creator of Lotus Lantern Healing Arts. Episode number seven, Voices from the Ancient Women's Circle, part one. Today is a podcast about me. I asked my beloved Brie to interview me about my new book and retreat this fall. The book is called Mending the Circle, a facilitator's guide to reviving the ancient women's circle. You're going to hear the voices of women who have participated in circles past. My interview tells a story of how the ancient women's circle was born for me and a little on the book and retreat. The thread through this series is me processing the recent passing of my friend Marissa Mayer. Ours was an 18-year friendship with plenty of ups and downs and lots of learning and love, and also my deep desire to encourage women to continue to gather. But I think the best part of this interview is getting to hear voices from circle participants from the past. Sort of a where are they now after all these years. Hey, everybody. I'm Bree, and I get to have the classiest act in this whole facilitated podcast, which is to interview the infamous Reverend Lidiana Barsoda. To have an impulse to facilitate a group of people together is one thing, but you do need more than impulse. So what's sort of like the magic that you would advise people if they were to consider running an ancient women's circle? I know you have a book coming out this fall. Yeah. And so maybe if you want to, I don't know, try to answer both questions simultaneously. Yes. I think that that question is a really good one because I have two completely different feelings about it that are completely in opposition. The first is that I think anybody could run a circle, not knowing anything about the circle, but you just feel led, you feel inspired, you intuitively feel drawn to lead a circle. And at the same time, it's terrifying for me to think of someone doing it without any preparation because I think knowing what I know now, having made so many mistakes, you actually really do need to know a lot and be really ready to step into that role. So I don't think leading is for everyone, but I think circles are for everyone. I was a very resistant circle leader because... And you'll hear throughout the podcast, me and other women talking about the fact that we didn't really find circles of women necessarily safe. They were kind of scary ideas of a place where I was going to be shamed or being someone's going to be in competition with me or get upset with me. Or I had very few friends that were women growing up because I was, I just didn't get along with them, but it really felt pretty lonely for me. I didn't think like, oh, women's circle, women power. I felt that for myself, but I didn't feel that in any sort of legitimate, tangible way. I had, as I got older in my early 20s, I had some really amazing friends. One of two that come to mind are Rachel and, and Ruby. And I remember when I was pregnant with my first child, I wanted to host a dinner at my house, but I had no kitchen table. And between the two of them, they actually brought me one of their kitchen tables in their pickup truck with all of the chairs so that I could host my very own dinner at my own home. And that was like, oh my God, 
do people actually do that for each other? Like, do women actually like help each other in that way? So that was shocking. Or if I was having a hard day and someone was like, oh, just come over and watch TV with you. And it was like, what? You're going to come over and watch TV with me? Like, I didn't, I, I think I had my idea of friendship as how much I could give to someone. And all of my friends were people that needed counseling, would cry to me. But I felt like every time I said something or I needed help, they couldn't be there for me. So it was the first time in my life I was like, oh, it's like a two-way street. That's really awesome. And then people like Marissa, which is the inspiration for writing the book in some ways, is Marissa, who was a mentor of mine. She was my first acupuncturist. And when I found out she got sick, I felt even more of a sense of urgency to complete this book that I'd really been writing for seven years. I interrupt this conversation to bring you Amy an artist, and a participant from one of the first circles I ever led. Yeah, my name is Amy Grettencourt, and um, I am an artist of many different mediums and an educator and uh, searching. How's that? That's fucking epic. I do want to toot your horn a little bit more because... yeah. You're one of the most creative people I have ever fucking met. I feel like you're the MacGyver of artists. I feel like if I have a twig and some sand and like some blue chalk, <laughs> I'm going to like leave you alone in a room and come back and see the fucking Mona Lisa or something. Or like you're going to stain glass something. You, you take these these things that, that are just things and you turn them into like whether they're paper flowers. Also, you're an epic cook and baker like you're you're I mean you were like an award-winning baker come on tell tell the safe fair stories uh, yeah uh well I have gotten best of show it the ribbon arrived four years later which is kind <laughs> of a, a kind of a funny thing but I got uh the first time I entered a state fair I got best of show yeah. Um, which, which I was just like, maybe I'll get a blue ribbon, you know, <laughs> or, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll just get a ribbon or I don't know what, what, anyway. Um, yeah, it's funny when you said MacGyver, because I've been referred to that before. My old coworkers used to say like, just give you like a Kleenex and a pipe cleaner and you make something amazing. Um, True. And, yeah. And your is it, it's like your macaroons and your pies and like, you make these incredible cakes you put on Instagram. Do you want to say anything about your business flock? Is that right? Yeah, um, I have really struggled with that. Um, in fact, that's been my, that's the searching part um, of my life because uh, I made this huge life change last year and um, all the signs pointed to this is going to be, a, you know, successful. You're going to, you know, this is going to happen. I'd done all this really spiritual work to get there and um, which I think the seeds have started back in the women's circle um, and just had done all this stuff and um, it started going, it started happening. And then all of a sudden it didn't uh-huh. just literally stopped totally. and I didn't have the capacity, like it didn't know what to do. And I just, I've been really lost in this yeah, process. Totally. Um, and just like, it's a constant fight to get back to kind of that place of, no, I'm going to make this, I'm going to figure it out. And something that always kind of ties back to my creativity Mm -hmm. is that 
then I look back at my creativity and I made, I made it fucking snow on stage. Like I figured out how to make it snow on stage (laughs) by myself. You know, I'm doing a very dangerous thing of like making this snow machine and rigging it myself at like nine o'clock at night at school. And I do all these things and I just figure it out. You know, I MacGyver it. I figure it out. And this has been something that I haven't been able to MacGyver the way I do other things. And that's been frustrating super challenge oh yeah and you're, you're and describing kind of, entrepreneurship kind of yeah <laughs> yeah it's like, it's like there's like a placard that says something like the only human that would quit their 40 hour a week job to work 90 hours a week for no pay it just has these ebbs and flows I feel confident that something is going to come through for you in that world because you're just pure fucking magic like you're pure magic and in the group I think you were cooking for us, right? You were making amazing, amazing food. And I was making deviled eggs because somebody wanted deviled eggs. <laughs> so, so like I have I've always kind of joked that I have like this little Italian slash Jewish woman who kind of sits over my shoulder and it might be my grandmother because she was an amazing cook and she actually had her own little restaurant at a time when women didn't own restaurants. This was back like in the forties. Nice. Women didn't have their own businesses. My intuition is making something that's going to make somebody happy yeah. and, and knowing what somebody needs to eat. little voice over my shoulder was saying, it's not a party without deviled eggs. You've got to make deviled eggs. And I'm like, okay, fine. I feel weird doing this. And then when I brought them to the group, I was kind of apologetic about it. And like five women said, I love deviled eggs. My grandmother used to make deviled eggs and we always yeah. had them at family things. And I was like, it had meaning for them. Yeah. So I I feel I when I went into like cooking and mostly baking, I did it because uh, uh I mean I've always liked to bake and to cook, but it started becoming my new art form when I got disillusioned with my other creative things. But uh yeah, I did bring I did bring food. What was your resistance or uh, attraction to the circle? I, I don't, I might even have just asked you. I can't remember. You did. Yeah, I said, you did. Uh-huh. And I was completely compu- confused by that <laughs> um, because you invited me to join and I thought, and you, and you said, you can just come. You don't have to pay. And I thought, what's the catch? <laughs> and why would anyone want to give me something? Which says a lot about my experiences and my relationships yep. with with people and with generosity and my own feeling of self-worth, like, oh, yeah, somebody wants me to be there and they just want me to be there and I don't have to earn my place that I'm worthy to be there. So I was really confused by that. And then, (laughs) you know, reflecting back on it now, there were a lot of things that I was confused and resistant about to begin with because um, I had come from from a very competitive upbringing where the where the girls in my school growing up were very competitive with one another and it was you know the 80s so there were all the the cultural influences were very egocentric male dominated you know competition but i also came from the dance world and they made wonderful friends in the dance world but your friends were also your competition and your rivals for Mm -hmm. solos, for costumes, for teaching opportunities, for working opportunities. So the women's circle was kind of the first time when there wasn't that 
kind of jockeying or seeing, you know, who's better. And I didn't really know what to do with that. Um, and it was a great yeah. experience for me because I feel like, I feel like you were ahead of your time with that because the Me Too movement and now there are all these like women's workspaces and feminist fortress and, you know, like these businesses, these women's clubs that you were already way ahead of the game on all of oh, that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and, and, and I have resisted some of those places because um, what they portray, some of them, not all of them, but it's sort of like this, oh, we're going to luxuriate, we're going to luxuriate, we're gonna, you know, it's all about like pampering. And yeah. and I feel like that's very, it's it's great, but it feels more superficial than what you created, which was really speak openly and honestly. And so having had that experience with the women's circle, I look at those other, some of the other places and not all of them, some of them are wonderful, but I go, Oh yeah, you're missing something here. Thanks for saying that. You know, we were really getting deep quickly, you know, I don't even know you and you want me to tell you about my drama. What? (laughs) Yeah. But it was really good because um, it, it kind of cracked the wall, you know, the the shell I had built up for so many years. And you gave us permission also to step out of that when we needed to. I remember a couple points where I just kind of went off and did my own journaling and stuff. Yes. And and it was really great because it was permission. That was self-care permission in a way that I hadn't experienced it before. Like you don't have to stay in an uncomfortable situation. Yep. You have, you have, power and autonomy here you can go do what you need to do if this isn't the right space for you so that was really kind of a brand new thing for me I appreciated that that's so awesome I'm I'm so glad you're speaking to that because that's probably my favorite part of the circle is if a woman's crying or sharing or something and it's just like this is not my jam you know, it's definitely other women's jam. So they're just going to sit there and hold space or I am as the host. But the fact that you would actually use that is so awesome that you're just like, cool, I'm going to go like, and it's not about not holding space for the other woman. It's, it's literally like there might even be something in the information she's sharing that prompts you to go journal or take care of yourself or go have a snack. So I just love that you shared that because that's my favorite part is we don't have to be in that kind of uncomfortable place of I'm just going to like wait for this to be done and then I'll go to the bathroom at the appropriate moment or I'm not yeah. going to giggle. I'm not going to cough. I'm not going to, you know, because we get just so intense about healing and really it doesn't need to be so hard. Right. And also just being free to say this isn't my jam and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that I'm not supportive of that person. And I also loved that you emphasize that just because someone is crying or, you know, really upset doesn't mean that we need to go hug them because that really is us trying to shut them down. Mm-hmm. And, and I, that has really stuck with me and just allowing people to feel their feelings because I think we've been conditioned to, to put that bandaid on it right away. Say, yep. Oh, it doesn't hurt because we are uncomfortable with someone else's sorrow or someone else's pain that really informed how I went forward with my personal relationships. And even at school, I used to want, you know, kids to stop crying when they were hurting. And I was, now I'm just like, yeah, feel your feelings. This is hard. It sucks. You're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> but they're really, but how they, un, how they then process that is, 
that you know these baby humans they're six through eight eighth graders they're in this really formative time in their life and sometimes they just need someone to say yeah you can feel all your feelings and it's okay mm-hmm. it's helped me also just be like yeah i can feel my feelings i don't want to i don't want to do that i'm not going to and i'm going to feel my feelings about it we're also like trained to hug or give the kleenex or you know try yeah. to calm the person down just out of nicety like you know oh geez like this is what this person needs where in circle what we're really doing is putting that power back into your hands if you're having a hard time you get to tell us what you need so if a woman was to say like i really need a hug right now which is hard to ask for but women do oh, it it's so hard yeah or you know can someone get me kleenex or whatever it is it's like it's so powerful when you're in charge and also you're not seen as weak when you're crying. Cause I always feel like when people are trying to shush me, it's like, Oh, they're there, you know, you're okay. And it's like, yeah, fuck you. I know I'm okay. I'm just really fucking pissed off or really sad or just feeling something so deeply. And I don't want someone to coddle me or make me feel like I'm less than because I tend to cry when I'm really angry. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. I'm just like, I- People are like, when your voice is shaking and you seem, it's because I'm fucking mad. I'm pissed, you know. I noticed how people apologize for crying, and especially Mm -hmm. on the news, like when you see somebody and they start getting emotional and they say, I'm sorry. Why are you sorry? And and I used to always say, I'm sorry. I didn't want to cry in front of other people. I didn't want to be emotional. Again, that whole permission that you gave us kept kind of opening that door a little bit more to say, no. We shouldn't apologize for being emotional. There are cultures where when somebody dies, they wail. I mean, Mm -hmm. they just like full on almost expel the demon of grief, you know, in a very intense way. And they're not apologetic about it. And so we shouldn't we shouldn't be apologizing for being human and having human emotions. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I think that is just really important and was such a great part of that whole experience for me good because I get some women who get really mad at me so I'm glad (laughs) some women are like your circle is so unfeeling like why won't you let me hug this person and so I love that you're like you totally got it you're like oh that's about me not them yeah yeah it really is about our needs to comfort and then um yeah, and then sometimes I really did want to hug the person, mm-hmm. but I think it's always great to ask that person Definitely. what they need. Like, yeah. tell me what you need, or how can I support you? And when when people, when I've said that to people, like I said it last year, this this teacher at my new school was really struggling, and she was sitting at the lunch table and she was crying, and I just said, how can I? How can we support you? And she looked at me like. I had just said a phrase she never had heard, but always wanted to hear, you know, and I, and so just the way you had set that up asked us to be kind of go deeper, like getting permission from people for their needs, you know, and, and saying that, like, what, what do you need? How can we support you? Yeah. 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 I just, I'm like, my heart is bursting over here at the idea that you took so much of that information to heart 
and that you are able to pass it on in your everyday life. Because for me, this isn't even stuff I knew before I had this dream that had all this information about like how to support women. And, and I was really blindly doing it like, okay, like this is what the grandmothers say, which is like such a weird thing. (laughs) The grandmothers are like the, the grandma, the woman that talks over my shoulder about deviled eggs or you really need to to take waffles to (laughs) so-and-so or they want some bread. You got to make some bread for somebody. Nobody's unhappy when you bring them a baked good. Nobody, Uh, nobody's like, fuck you, you brought me a baked good. (laughs) Damn you and your muffins. (laughs) Like, no, nobody's, nobody's, uh, for a while I thought, I'm just going to have a food cart that serves nothing but cream puffs. Because no one is unhappy when When they get a cream cream puff. puff. They're, They're like, what? is happening and so many times people are like oh my god this just made my whole day i'm like well yeah because you know yeah who doesn't want this (laughs) who doesn't want a delicious whipped cream pastry yes yeah you know like uh with the you know the pastry cream and the whipped cream together well thank you so much amy this is really helpful and i will welcome um I am serious about making some treats, so oh, just let me know that's so awesome. for that weekend. Yeah, yeah I don't, yeah. I don't know what they'll be. I'll be whatever. Well, it's your intuition. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you I, for as that. As soon as you posted that, I was like, the intuition said you have to make treats. <laughs> you know, you can't go, but you have to make treats. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank All right. you, Amy. Bye. Sweetie. Yeah, I love. And would you, if you could classify using any um, normative language, don't get scared. <laughs> what genre would you say this new book of yours is? Is it romantic comedy? Is it murder mystery? <laughs> it's definitely a murder mystery. Okay. <laughs> so the the book is, um, I really think it's for any person who identifies as woman that wants to create a space. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of new age, self-helpy. Um, And as she says that, she waves her hands back and forth like a puppet (laughs) and does the air quotes because you're not really a big fan of new ageism. Is that right? No, I'm not. I think new ageism can be really damaging to people. I think there's sort of a steady stream of like, you know, positively think your cancer away or, you know, you're not spiritual enough for our group. So there's just a lot of the same bullshit going on that we you know, what Martha in one of our interviews talks so much about dogma, like just this rule following thing or this lack of diversity. Spirituality is really just your own connection to the divine, however that is for you. I want to just go deeper with something you were saying about healthy femininity and unhealthy femininity, which is the beauty of this circle is that you can be healthy and you can be unhealthy and you're still welcome because the guidelines and the, the, the magic that happens in the circle keeps the space really safe. We create a really awesome container. So I'm going to launch off of that and tell you the story of how the circle came to me. I had a daughter and she was a newborn and I was in that twilight sleep that moms are in all the time where we don't actually get a full night of sleep. And I had laid her down for a couple hours. I was in and out of 
you know, as my daughter Ella would say, who's seven, she said, mom, you didn't have a dream. You had a vision. It's really sweet when she corrects me and she talks about how the ancient women's circle came to me. So I had a vision or a dream when I was lying next to her. I was brought into a space with these grandmothers and the grandmothers took me into this area that was sort of like a barn. And they told me the women in here are trapped in horse form. These women are, they've been down on the earth. They've gotten sick. They've gotten hurt. And they can't get out of this horse form. They're stuck in this horse form. And so there are all these different types of women. There were artists, there were healers, there were seers and storytellers. And then there were the grandmothers and they were all there kind of tending to these sick horses, to these women to help them. And they were making figurines in an ancient kiln. There was this beautiful moment where I got to come into this space that was literally a circle, but it was kind of like... um a star it was kind of like a lotus pad. It was like all these different levels of circle. Women were reading the energy of what was going on on the earth and they were finding women that were in trouble. They were in pain. They were in a fight. They were being hurt. They were all toning for them and, and praying for them and blessing them and holding space for them. So the experience that I saw was sort of a behind the scenes. How does the feminine in the astral or in the dream time support the feminine on the earth? And that's by actually watching and reading and cueing in and being there. So it blew my mind thinking, okay, there's all these times I've had traumatic experiences and I felt so alone. And what they were really showing me was like, honey, you were never alone. The grandmothers were there with you. They were praying for you. They were witnessing what was happening to you. And although they weren't in physical form and they couldn't reach their hand in and stop it, they could actually really pray for you and hold space for you. And that was that just blew my mind because I feel like I always have this, this question, this existential question of like, how can God or goddess allow all of the trauma that happens to women, especially um, on the planet, just for so many thousands of years, we've been so oppressed and it just feels like I can't even go on anymore. Sometimes when I read or I, I hear women's stories all the time and I have people who ask me, you know, why did this happen to me? Why did God let this happen to me? And I got this information in the astral realm that like, yeah, it happened and no one could really stop it. But you were not alone. It was witnessed. It was recorded. Um, there's repercussions for those people who did that bad thing to you that they're going to have to deal with when they're not in a body anymore. They're going to have to feel what they did to you. And it was just so healing for me, the rules that they had for each other in that sacred space, which was if the women were getting upset with each other, whether they were getting snippy or competitive or just something was going wrong, they wouldn't blame anyone. They would just instantly reset and they would reset the energy with toning, which was holding like a sound like a like an ah or an o oh or an ohm, and they would do it all together to just clear the space. And they would also do it when they felt they were being attacked. Like when they're, we were kind of like on the mothership, you know, and when we were getting fire for like what we were doing and the work we were doing, that was coming externally and we would tone. And it would, it was very powerful in the dream to feel that toning. And I, they were initiating me in the dream. They were like, these circles happen through time on the earth. The feminine comes together and does these literal circles. In this particular lineage of circle, you were in as a child, but you never lived past your, your childhood into adulthood, into womanhood. 
in the circle. So there's some things you don't, don't know about the circle. So the whole premise of the dream was you're in this circle and we're initiating your daughter. We're bringing your daughter into the circle. Now she's born on the planet. She comes into the circle. And as she comes into the circle, um, you need to guide her and we'll guide you because you didn't get to be a grown up in the circle. So you didn't understand all the rules. You got it from more of a child's perspective. And I remember being very concerned thinking, well, you know, she's a baby. Like, you guys want to be all reverent, quiet, and tone, and all this shit. And, like, she's going to cry. She's going to fuss. You know, what do I do? And they were like, no, she'll actually be okay. And if she's upset or something's wrong, that's just her telling us something is up. So we'll actually take her being upset as information. And then we'll just tone and she'll get calm again. And it was like, whoa, really? What is it about now? that makes you want to hold an ancient women's circle and why the space? Because I think I've been to the space and I've been privileged enough to see it. And you talk about it being this garden space. And I think actually more than the garden for me, what was so majestic, you're actually in a bowl. You're a few miles from the ocean and you can smell the sea air and the the sort of earth bowl that you're in, you know, these trees, it's almost like I'm looking out of like a fish eye, you know, when everything looks cylindrical around you or round and all these trees rise up and that space has been there for a very long time and used by all different cultures. Yeah. And sure. I think that you have found a really incredible physical container that you get to inject sort of your that you get to inject your spiritual magic into. Yeah. And so this is a good, a good one to answer. So I have been doing the circle in many forms for the last seven years. It used to be, and the book for anyone who's facilitating, I highly recommend a 10 month journey because the 10 month journey, you know, like gestation, it's 10 months of developing your, your sisterhood. This particular one is really just a one-off weekend together where we have three days on the coast in Cannon Beach in Oregon. The reason I was called to do it this way was, one, my friend was passing away, so I felt the sense of urgency to inspired. I really wanted her to read the book. Sadly, she passed before it was completed. But I, um, it's certainly dedicated to her. So, you know, when someone's passing, you definitely think about, like, the legacy that you want to leave behind. And she's certainly someone who's left a lot of good information for people. And I felt the sense of urgency to get it to her, to share it with her, but also for my own legacy, because I would love to pass something on concerning what I've learned about running circles. So it was partly Marissa. It was the fact that I've been doing it for seven years and I've been writing the book for seven years. I mean, I've had a constantly add things to it for seven years, mistakes I make, stories from the women, things that I've learned, things I've had to adjust over time because I think, oh, this is going to work and then it doesn't. Although the rules and the guidelines that were given to me by the grandmothers is all exactly the same as it was given to me. And that has tested. It's amazing. I, when I think, oh, maybe we'll change that. It's like, nope, I don't need to. It works perfect. A wonderful weekend with one of my friends, Josie. And I was saying, God, I really would love to do circle out here. And really, if I could do anything, I would do it in Beth's garden because Beth has this amazing garden. And then when Beth said yes, I was like, oh my God. So everything worked out for like the weekend and then the real tearjerker for me is realizing that I'm actually doing it on my friend's birthday who passed, which I didn't actually remember her birthday at the time. I, I set it all up. And then one of her best friends reached out to me and said, 
oh, are you doing this on her birthday? And I was like, no. And then I was like, oh my God, yes, I am. So it's also for me, a celebration of my friend Marissa on our closing day. I'm hoping that we can do something there. And we also create an altar in the circle for those who have passed. So your lineage, your ancestors, maybe your mother, your grandmother, any woman that had an influence for you. So that's part of remembering those that have passed. So it's in Cannon Beach. It's in Oregon, Friday evening, which is more of a play and kind of setting things up, setting up the energy, decorating, getting to know each other. It's a little bit more fluid and we're going to eat a dinner together and it'll be really relaxed and kind of comfortable. And then Saturday is more of the heavy lifting. So we start early. We do a lot of sharing. There's going to be some art projects and things like that. And a lot of ceremony. We'll build the labyrinth in the morning. We'll do some toning. It'll be really magical. And that's more the bonding time. And then we end, I feel like, early enough that you can go off and have your day to yourself. But also for those who want to come, we're going to do kind of a fancy dinner out that's optional where you can kind of dress up and have like a really nice yummy dinner. And then the following day is the closing day, and it's more sharing, more art in the morning, more connection. And then it will end, again, early enough that you can really get back to your life or even have some more time on the beach on your own. We're not going to be on the beach. We're going to be a couple blocks from the beach. One more thing I want to say, just to speak to what Brie was saying about the venue, when I got invited to the venue, I was just completely blown away, and I know everyone who gets there will feel that way. But the women's circles that I've done for the most part before have been in the city. And so I would get really inspired on a piece of property. But then the venue that I had was usually where it was easy for people to get was the city. It was like a building, like an office building. For me, the joy is being able to actually have a woman's circle that's in nature in this majestic and magical place. And it has this beautiful greenhouse. So we're going to be warm, even if it's raining. The only thing I'm concerned about logistically is if it's raining really hard and the the roof of the greenhouse is going to be too loud with the rain that the women can't hear each other. But then there's also this tinier house that has a wood stove that we can also be inside of. So it should be really cozy. I think even if it pours so hard that you all can't hear each other, I think it's a great practice for women to learn that it's okay to be louder. Hmm. And now you get to hear from Martha. I could go on and on about this humble healer. She was my mentor and support for the first circle that I held. I couldn't have done it without her. You'll hear her voice and you will be healed. Hey, Liliana. Hey, Martha. I called you up after I had this dream about this ancient woman's circle. I was pretty in resistance about doing it for a number of things. I always remember how I asked you why the dream had asked me to teach all the women to tone as you told me the word later you were i was like okay so in the dream after a woman shares or if things are intense the women all do this thing where they hold a note and you were like yeah yeah that's called toning and i don't know if you remember but i really tried to get out of doing that i was like maybe everyone could have a bell yeah i remember <laughs> Tell me a little bit about women's circles, because you're super comfortable with them. You're really good at them. I think I really love them because just that circle of women, and then you get the intermix of, of the energy of each woman, and it just has such a powerful healing effect. 
on us all at whatever level we need it. Yeah. And um, I just love that energy mix because it just has that ability to clarify, to heal, and then to, you know, so much energy there to move forward and just celebrate. You know, celebration is, is a lot of it too. Yeah, and, that's a great um, word. It is just, celebration. Just being together and having fun, getting out of our normal little day-to-day space and just <laughs> opening up in a sense that energy can come in and then it just takes takes you somewhere, you know, takes you forward. That's that's some of the things I love about it. <laughs> Martha, I, I want to go back to the word celebrate because it's so on point. Gathering in groups especially women is a shameful thing just because I've had bad experiences with it. But also women are shamed so much trauma and so much programming past life, present time that is just throttled us so that we can't thrive. We can't really be our strongest, best self. It's so ingrained. It's ingrained in like the messaging I got from my mom, from school, everywhere. And then coming into a circle, I think sometimes that criticism or that internal critic or that internal programming kind of gets projected out to other women. One of the things I really appreciate about you is you are so, just as you said so eloquently before, it's like the energy of all the different diversity of women coming together and then celebrating. We don't have an opportunity to celebrate just that we're here, just that we're embodied, just that our presence is valuable. I just, I love that you use the word celebrate because that's exactly what we're doing. And you've been you've you've had positive experiences with circle since you were a kid, or I mean, I know you just I just see you as such an enlightened person because you've had so many experiences, especially early on, that woke you up to spirit, even if you weren't necessarily raised in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always responded when I was younger. It wasn't quote women's circles. It was getting together at church or getting together in a class when you're talking about spirit, there was always a part when you look at somebody or you don't even have to look at somebody, but that can be a magic moment when your energy looks at the energy in a room and you realize there's a part there that's open to spirit in such a tender, vulnerable way. It just creates, I think, I think I was always able to ride on that energy recognize that sacred energy and even as a young really young kid that's the reason I love to go to church not I couldn't stand well that was later on when I understood dogma I couldn't I've never been able to stand dogma I couldn't that was the thing just that moment of energy that it was like ah you know that heart opening space And a lot of people around me, sisters included, brothers, I mean, most people don't recognize that space. Mm -hmm. But ever since then, coming together in any kind of a group that is willing to look at that space or willing to be open to that space has just always got me really, really high. (laughs) I love it. it. I mean, sometimes... Sometimes it's like really giggly. Sometimes it's just mind-blowing, you know, um, connection to that universal one. I think that groups coming together, I mean, that communion that happens is it's all about, to me, some little hosts or not some little, you know, wine or whatever, although food does help. (laughs) Um, 
it's that heart shared space. And so when we got together in that ancient woman thing, that's what I, you know, that's why I went. That's what I, that's what I crave. I crave experiences where I can share that with people. Yeah. And you use the word communion, which is so epic. That's such a good word. Yeah. And to me, that's what it is. You know, community, heart space, shared. Yeah. Intimacy. Intimacy. You're you're speaking about an intimacy that you kind of get into with yourself, just in your own space. And then you bring that into a safe space with other people and there's intimacy that gets created. And then it brings us to that source, just like you're saying, like, whoa, that awareness of that interconnectedness is so obvious in those moments. And we're so hungry, as you said earlier, starved for it in our daily life. That's really life-changing. That permission level, that's the word I use, permission level is high to be connected to source. And so more than one person, it's just like, boom, everyone's hooked into the grid. (laughs) You know, sometimes, sometimes I've had the experience of being with women and they're not quite ready to see that space. And, um, you know, that can even get a little frustrating at times. <laughs> like, okay, come on, everybody, let's go. But, um, well, because you know how good it can be. So you're like, I know how good it can be. And then, like you said, you know, maybe women come from a, they come from a different angle than me, an angle of, like you say, trying to deal with shame or, or put downs or not, you know, just trying to get through that block of, how that rose of our heart opens, you know, in yep. femininity, you know, yep. and just and just in human beingness. Um, so then, when when that happens, I'm sure you're much more aware of me because that's part of your work. But uh, you know, you just it clicks if 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 the group is is willing to get beyond, you know, that hurt space. After the hurt space, sometimes has to be talked about. Yes, definitely. But, but as soon as people, I mean, it's like taking a breath. Okay, you know, what What do we need to, to air before we can move forward? And then teaching women that there is so much on the other side of that, you know, and, yeah. and the possibilities on the other side of that. Those are things I love about circle. People begin to understand, hey, I'm not alone. Even though maybe I live 99% of my life alone, there's still there's still that possibility of communion and forward movement. Just things I love about circle. <laughs> yeah. And you have such a, I mean, I know people can hear it in your voice, but Martha, you came into my space as to get a treatment um, years ago when I was doing readings and energy work in your town and you blew my socks off because I just thought, I don't know who's getting the healing, her, her or me. <laughs> Because it when it's like, really yeah when it's really happening that's always the condition <laughs> definitely and I was like who is this woman and then you offered to let me stay the next time I came to town in your beautiful home that you've just made magic because you've you've handcrafted so many things you've staged things with your gems and your stones and your earth statues and just artistically you just have such an eye for nature and how to bring nature everywhere you said to me, you should come out and walk my labyrinth. And I remember thinking, what is a labyrinth? Because I didn't really understand it. And then when I got to your property, I saw all these rocks kind of in a funny circle. And you taught me how to walk it. And it was such a powerful experience. 
could you share a little bit about how you created the labyrinth? I know I've asked you a million times to tell the story. <laughs> well, the labyrinth for me is a ritual. That it's it's like not just one thing. It's can be a hundred things. I mean, even every day it can be more or something different or a little bit, you know, it'll take me where I need to go. When you say I created, I think it's always co-creation and definitely a lot of people help me build my labyrinth, but really the earth, co-creating something with the earth brings in the earth energy and the earth energy is just so right there for us to utilize, you know, almost saying, God, we got to utilize. It's like if we really want to move forward as a species, we've got to recognize that energy that the earth is offering. It's like standing next to a friend and the friend is offering you um, love. Well, there's this power in the earth that is available to us also. Playing with it. Feel like a little kid. Well, or I wish I felt more like a little kid. <laughs> You're because totally you can... <laughs> a little kid. It's adorable. It's the best ever. Being around you makes me feel like a little kid. <laughs> but, you know, they're open. You know, they're open to that earth energy. You see them out tripping in the woods or you take them for a walk, you know, and they're just like, whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, whoa, look at this, look at that, you know. Um, <laughs> yes. Like a butterfly. You know, to me, it's like that's my relationship with spirit and with the earth energy is creating that. And so it's like... Am I open to my earth energy lover or am I, you know, am I just closed down that day or whatever? But I can go walk that labyrinth. And on whatever level I'm dealing, you know, sometimes it's just, okay, I've got this problem. I'll walk it, you know, with that and then just meditating and 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 you just let it flow. So, And it's a lot of times for me, it's not a question of getting an answer. It's more a question of the ritual of trying to open myself, you know. Yeah, I love I love what you said about am I open to my earth energy lover? Yeah, it's like that mama earth energy is trying to feed us all day long, but we're like I'm busy, I'm busy. I got I got to go somewhere. I got to get the kids. I got to pack the lunch. I got to do this. I'm too busy. And what you're yeah. saying is if you just stop and hear the earth, feel the earth through your feet, your imagination, whatever that is, it's really, you said butterfly, I think puppy, like just trying to give to you and just to let that love in, it, it transforms the way we see things, right? It changes our perspective, how oh, we move yeah. in the world. Yeah. All of a sudden, as you said, we feel less isolated, less alone, more interconnected because really nature is that ultimate teacher. We're in her womb constantly, but we yeah. forget that in our buildings and in our rushing around lives, doing things that are just not necessary, but we get fixated and, and concerned and worried that they are. And so what you bring, Martha, is this just you bring that, you know it, you know it in your bones, you know it down to every cell. So you just showing up in circle that gets transmitted to every other woman who has never experienced that doesn't even know that's available to them. And yeah. the space is so important, like where we're going to do ancient women's circle this time is in this beautiful garden that this woman just for years looked at as a sort of untended earth. And one day she got a hold of it and got to turn it into this incredible garden. And she really intuits, just like you, what wants to be where, you know, these, and she's a master gardener. So the garden is just epic. And it has this old greenhouse with these 100 year old school windows that she brought over, lots of 
amazing spaces where you feel when you're in that greenhouse outside and inside at the same time. But your house and your property has that same feeling to me because you just started building the labyrinth and moving rocks around. And the way you always describe it to me is just like, I realized, oh, this is what I'm making. (laughs) I'm building a labyrinth (laughs) kind of in the middle of it. Yeah, out there, those rocks kept trying to talk to me. And it was like, okay, okay, you know, you try to listen, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And then once we got that started, it was like they just started jumping up. Oh, put me here, put me there, put me here, put me there. (laughs) Rocks are amazing. Rocks are amazing. And I always love your story that you and Pat shared. I don't know if you remember it. If if not, I'll share it. But it's the one about how you would get up in the morning before circle because you were driving three hours into the city to bring that nature energy to us so we could do circle in the city. Do you remember the one about walking in the dark? You and Pat had walked the circle in the dark before coming to us to kind of bring Uh some of that labyrinth energy. And you talked about how it felt like that was a metaphor for life, where it's like sometimes you're walking that labyrinth in the dark. You don't know. You've got to feel around. You told the story of feeling around with your foot to make sure you weren't tripping because (laughs) you didn't have your eyes with you. And it's, it's true. Labyrinth is a metaphor for life. And I love the way you've taught me to do it. And you're so beautiful and free when you share it with people like, oh, do it, do it in the way that feels right to you. But I always feel like I'm walking in and leaving behind the stuff I don't need in the center of that. And then I, you've taught me to sort of take a minute in the center and then walk back out, kind of leaving that behind. How, how would you say it in your own words or what's your experience? When that is part of your ritual, when you're walking in to release, what I always feel is the earth energy just comes up and just takes it. It's not like you're leaving it there. I mean, you know, like it's going to be like, ugh. The earth energy can take that and totally take it in and transform it. It's like respiration. The trees breathe in what we give off and you know and then they give us oxygen you know it's the same thing with the earth it can take whatever we give and trans trans just transform it you know transmute it into something that that we can feed off of utilize and i think part of being women and moving forward as a society has to do with our um exploration of that given give and take you know that that interchange how can we turn this craziness that sometimes is the thing that we see surrounding us how can we how can we just like accept that in a sense and let breathe out let go you know um and then trust trust the earth to bring it back in a in a very positive, healing kind of a way. Being alive today, it's almost just this crazy phonetic energy. And yet at the same time, right right on the other side of that is a deep, deep abiding peace kind of energy that is definitely holding possibility and space for beauty yeah. and growth. And so sometimes I walk the labyrinth and that's, you know, that's my experience. And then, like I said, sometimes it's just you've got a problem and you're focused on it and you just, as a ritual, you're, you're just sort of a daily, like you might get up and do your 
qigong or something you know it's just a daily practice it reminds me of why i'm really here <laughs> yes and and you you were so sweet cuz i was like martha i want to create the labyrinth in this office building that's in the city and you were so sweet you came up with this incredible idea that we all have a piece of yarn like a big spool of yarn and we do ceremony and we do some toning and then we weave that yarn and then you had a spiral into the circle and we had a stone remember we we write mm -hmm. a word on the stone that has meaning for us and that's sort of your placeholder and you put that down and then we've built this sort of yarn stone labyrinth and it worked <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a big thing you know um and and part of what you started talking about at the beginning about how we come into things but we've been shamed yes we're afraid we're afraid to try things because we don't want to be shamed we don't want to seem silly or stupid or or you know frivolous or whatever but whatever we do with that sacred intent becomes magic you know mm. it mm. just it just happens oh you martha you, you can just trust it it's going to happen. Something is going to happen that's going to be beautiful. I have no idea what, but it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> you know? Or it's going to be sweet. It's going to be, you know, whatever, whatever I need at the moment, if I can open up a little bit to that, you know, that silly ritual, you know, writing something on a stone, you know, all. Seems stupid. It's like, oh, okay, I'm going to write this word on this stone. This is, this is dumb. And you're right. It, it's transformative. It's like, yeah. whoa, that has meaning for me, even though I was just kind of going into it with this more atheist mindset. I think an atheist mindset is awesome. I think it's healthy to sort of mistrust a little bit, make your own opinions. And that's why when you and I ran Circle, we had that sort of sense of free will where it's like, you know, you can do this or not. No one's going to get in trouble because they decide I'm not toning. We created yeah. little areas, yeah. too, where women could go off and be by themselves. And that wasn't like a, oh, well, she's not being part of the group. It's just like, cool, that's you taking care of yourself, which is epic. Right. And yeah. your permission level to be different is accepted here. You can be different. You can be unique. You yeah. can be yourself. Yeah, whatever circles we get into, that that's a very, very important thing, because if it's not there, then it just is dogma. You know, it, it just becomes you've got to do something in certain steps or whatever, you know, and that is not conducive to what I want. It's like I always feel like it, if I can always feel like a kindergartner, I know I'm exactly where I need to be. It's like, whoa, you know, you get to, you're excited about about being a human being and you're excited about learning. Yeah. And and I that's just a precious it's a precious spot. Absolutely. Yeah. I bet you use your grandbaby as your teacher. Oh hell yeah. It, <laughs> she teaches me all the time. Oh, you know, and it was the same way in all of my all of my real, you know, quote teaching experience. I always felt like I got more out of the kids than they were getting out of me. Mm -hmm. And I realized that's sort of not really a true statement. But I felt like I was getting so much, yeah. You know, on a on a really deep level, they were teaching me so much about holding space, Earth, Jesus, you know, the Mama Earth. I mean, that's what she's here. She's holding space for us. She's sort of poking at us right now. <laughs> you know, whoa. Yeah, yes, yeah. she it's should time. be. 
it's time to get to get moving forward. You know, you can't. Okay, you know, it's time to get out of bed. (laughs) (laughs) Every woman, even wounded in our woundedness, in our wholeness, yeah, we need to come together. Yeah, yeah, and that and and so circle. It's you don't you don't just have your energies. You then you can utilize the women's energies also. As yeah. a group, you can hold space for them. They hold space for you. You can use that communal energy that starts to build to to put to move you through blocks. Yeah. If you've been pounding your head up against a wall, well, you get in that you get in that circle, and you've got a good shot of getting through the wall. Yes, yeah. gathering together, just the gathering and feeling safe in that space. And so I'm putting all this down, and finally, well, for seven years I've been writing down my experience of running circle and you have been such a mentor for me in that process, Martha, because I don't know if you want to share at all how scared and resistant I was to it all. I tried to get out of it. I think I called you saying, I want you to run a circle. (laughs) Oh, wow. You know, you just kind of told me to get over myself. (laughs) That was mother earth poking you. You know, like, okay, uh, no, I'm not called to do circles, but I'm called to be in circles. <laughs> it must be you, Liliana. <laughs> Thanks yeah. a lot, Martha. You, <laughs> yeah. gave, you gave me so much courage just by showing up and, and being present with me. And, and I cannot thank you enough because I really don't think I could have done it without you that first time. Because I remember, like, when you just started, because you, you're comfortable with song and you just started, like, singing a song and getting on I just watched it and I was like wow I'm fucking terrified and it's also awesome that you have this <laughs> courage to use your voice because I just want to hide my voice in like a corner put in a box and you just man you and your sister started singing and all the women started singing together wow just absolute magic all right well thank you <laughs> I never want to stop talking to you is the problem Oh, I just feel like the goddess is ready right now. She's come to me in a really powerful way recently and just said, okay, Martha, there's, you know, quit hiding. What the heck are you hiding for? You know, you've got, you cannot go forward if you're going to continue to hide that goddess part of yourself. Mm. So I think for any women and for all women, you know, that, that, um, that's a message we all need to hear a lot, you know. You don't have to hide that part, you know, because if we're hiding it, we're really hiding it from ourselves also. Yes. And um, and it's time to just embrace that part. And even if nobody sees the goddess inside of each of us, if we can see it and experience it for ourselves, that's enough. Yes. That's enough. And um, that's sort of where I'm at. It's like reminding myself five times a day or 25 times a day, you know, oh, Remember, don't bury her. It's time to let that energy flow through this human being and come back into the earth. You know, yeah, it's it's all about community, but it's you know it, it has to be just as much a personal practice. Well said. That is truth. Every word out of your mouth, Martha, for me is always so powerful and so meaningful and. You have been such a kind, 
generous soul with me because I've come to you so many times when I'm in a bad place and you just really, your, your, your first sentence just always opens my heart right up. I lost my mom and you just were, you were one of the people that sent a little gift. And I remember Faith drove it all the way from, you know, three hours away all the way to me in the middle of the day. And I had this little basket. Everyone had put like some tea or a rock or book. And it was just a really powerful thing for me. And you just really helped create a refuge for me when I was missing that worm matriarchal energy. So I'm going to get teary eyed. <laughs> but I really, I really need you to know that you, you give me courage. So on your new circle that you're starting, is when is it happening? Yeah. I know so, you told me before. Yeah. So the new circle is going to be it's kind of the first weekend in October, 5th, 6th, and 7th. And it's it's a weekend. It's a long weekend. And we're going to do that thing where Friday night we come together. We just kind of set up the space, have a little bit of ritual, but everything really starts in the morning doing just like you and I did with creating the little labyrinth in this beautiful garden and sharing and toning and eating a yummy lunch. And then it gets over Sunday about one o'clock. But I'm putting together a book and I'll also be giving the women who come there the the first version of this workbook. And it's mm -hmm. called, um, actually Brie came up with the name, it's called Mending the Circle. And it's uh, basically a facilitator's guide for running circles. Because what I want to do is give women the power, just place it in their hands to run circles in their local communities. I feel just a joy around sharing how much resistance I have had to it because I think sometimes people who have it all figured out don't have it all figured out. So I'm kind of a fumbling mess and all of my mistakes get to be in the book too. So people could kind of figure out what the workarounds are. For instance, uh -huh. really wanting a beautiful landscape and all we had was this office building and you and I <laughs> putting our heads together and figuring out how to make nature happen there. Thank you. All right. Well, do you have any more openings? Uh, uh, for Circle? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay. Yep. My, I know that when you asked me before, my, anyway, my calendar has shifted. Oh my God, Martha. I would love to be there. <laughs> Martha. Yeah. Are you for serious? I'm for serious. Fifth, sixth, and seventh. Yes. Okay. Okay, so here's the thing. It's Cannon Beach. Uh-huh. Oh, and God. is that too far? No, that's not too far. It just, um, there's a couple of spirit guides in that area that have been calling. So I guess it's time. <laughs> Martha, you're going to make me cry. Are you serious? Cheers. <laughs> so excited. I am so, so, so excited. I can't believe it. I'm going to get off the phone and cry. All right. <laughs> me too. <laughs> All right, but I love you. I love you too, girl. Bye, sweetie. Definitely. Thank and you say, so much. Tell Bree I love her too. If this episode has meaning for you, share it. If you're thinking of joining the retreat or learning more about the book, check out my website, lotuslantern.org sign up for my newsletter, or follow me on Instagram. Blessings to you. This has been a Lotus Lantern production. All rights reserved. 